0: You're listening to Flintco Forward, our ecosystem of
1: innovation.
2: Welcome to Flintco Forward. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today on the podcast, we're talking about women in construction. But maybe a better way of putting it, women rocking the hard hats. My guests today are three distinctive women at FlintCo. First, let me introduce Alex Genoda, Project Manager at Flintco and vice president of the Austin National Association of Women in Construction chapter. Alex, thank you for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to discuss this topic.
2: My next guest is Sarah Nario, a senior estimator at FlintCo. Sarah, welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this.
2: Rounding out our roundtable here is Bobna Nim, Virtual Design and Construction Manager for FlintCo. Bobna, welcome. Thank you, Shelby, for having us today. We're very excited to just talk about women in construction. So the three of you have had very different pathways to this industry, but something you all have in common are the obstacles that you've faced. So let me start with you, Alex. When you chose uh, to major in construction science at Texas A&M, what did your uh, well-meaning family members say to that? <laughs>
1: well, my immediate family members were, were pretty supportive. They were a little hesitant, but, but supportive all the less. Um, I did have some some family members um, outside my immediate family that looked at me funny were like construction Nah, you'll you'll be doing something more feminine like nursing or teaching uh, within the semester <laughs> so it, it, it was definitely not the not the best response ever.
2: Right. And to to say, you know, something feminine, I mean, more feminine. I mean, that's exactly what, you know, kind of the two professions that uh that council school counselors prescribed for female students back, you know, 50 years ago, were, you know, nursing and 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 teaching. So, uh, it's funny how some of the very best well-meaning relatives can still have some of those uh a little bit outdated uh points of view, if you will. Exactly. And so, Sarah, let me go to you because you had nearly the opposite situation, where your mother worked in the construction industry and actually had first, firsthand insight uh, from the owner side of cons- construction. What did she say about your chosen profession, knowing, really, kind of firsthand the challenges that might come your way? You know,
0: she was really supportive. I mean. My whole
2: family is essentially
0: engineers. Both of my parents are project managers. So it just seemed like a natural progression for me. And then seeing the projects that she worked on and how proud that she was at the completion of a project made it seem like a really attractive field to get into. There's there's not many careers out there where you get to see such like a tangible end product of the work that you're putting into place. And I think that's a really cool aspect of this field. Um, but to be honest, the the fact that I was a woman never really came into play in the conversations that we had about my potential career. She just thought that, you know, we have the mindset to do this kind of, of thing and
2: we can do it well. Well, um, Bhavna, let me go to you because you found your way to the construction industry uh, having completed your undergrad studies in architecture. And so I understand that professors actually expressed some hesitation there so uh why did they give pause and why do you think that maybe schools are well or maybe not well informed about these lucrative career paths in construction
3: um i think i'm going to go back to talking a little bit about the uh not only the architecture aspect like i worked for a couple of years after i graduated from uh my undergrad in architecture and um I realized that I was more intrigued by the field aspect of it when I started coordinating projects as an architect. And um, that pushed me to consider a career in construction. And uh, while doing the application process uh, with my uh, professors, when I went to talk to them and getting their recommendations, one of the professors specifically I recall he had a little bit of a pushback saying, I hope you understand that um, this is a very strong willed industry, you come across a lot of people, do you think this is something you could do? And I had a lot of support from my family, my dad having an engineering background, they they really wanted me to pursue a career of my choice. And um, coming from one professor didn't really hold me down on pursuing a career in construction. And even now, what I do within the construction industry, I'm not really out in the field, but I deal with people who support the field on a daily basis. So um, I I enjoy and I'm very grateful that I made this decision of pursuing a career within construction.
2: Well, it's interesting that they identified that uh, being, you know, kind of a, a somebody that is maybe a, a more forceful person would be the type of personality to do well in construction. Um, I offer this up, this question up to, uh, to, uh, any of you, uh, do you agree that that is a prerequisite for, uh, succeeding in construction? I would definitely say it's not. Um, typically when people meet me, I'm a
1: little bit quieter, soft-spoken, I'm gonna hang back, kind of check things out before I dive in. And uh, that that has got me a lot of criticism. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you're too quiet for this. You're too nice. Um, you you smile too much. Um, and I, honestly, it, it gives me an advantage because people expect you to come in guns blazing, more forceful. And then it kind of puts them on their toes and they they have to approach it different. So, I I think we're shaking up the industry in ways that it, it doesn't even like know. Um, as far as how we we can bring something different from the table than the typical stereotype, kind of bull in a china shop, right that people think of construction.
2: You disarmed them by being, you know, not what they expected. Yeah, true to yourself for sure. No, I was. I I completely agree
0: with that. And and I started out in the field and went into project management, much like, much like Alex. Alex before I came into estimating, and I did notice that, you know, in in meetings that we have weekly with subcontractors, with owners and architects, when I feel like that when there's a woman there, people tend to behave a little bit better. They have better attitudes. <laughs> they uh, use better language. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and it tends to kind of diffuse situations instead of just like getting all worked up over, you know, something that can easily be solved with a quick conversation rather than having a screaming match in one of those meetings that's not productive for anybody.
2: Well, and Bob, no, you said that you worked, uh, you know, in, in the field a little bit uh in architecture and that's kind of what piqued your interest in construction uh did that that did those professors words kind of ring around in your head when you're when you're approaching new projects did you think well you know maybe i do need to be this more forceful more loud you know bull in a china shop uh or or did you you know like alex said you know realize well you know what i gotta i gotta do me
3: i absolutely uh agree with alex and sarah on this um for sure it always came back to me when i first stepped into uh, construction but when i actually started going to the field i noticed a lot a lot of people were nice and you come across all sorts of attitudes but it depends on what who you are as a person to reflect what the other person's going to react to so um, it's a give and take that we see in the industry and as a culture for Flinco too we are trying and making a relationship with everybody we work with. So if you walk in the room or you're starting a team process within within a pro- for a project, um, we try and make sure that you set a tone and you're you're very clear and it can all be communicated whether being nice you do- don't necessarily have to have those, Those uh, guards on and trying to fight somebody. Uh, Everybody's helping each other uh, uh, build a project.
2: What's the uh, what's the phrase? You catch more catch more bees with honey versus vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alex, as vice president of the Austin chapter of the National Association of Women in Construction, I'm curious what issues do chapter members come to you with? I mean, I'm curious if you tend to see some, some common challenging scenarios that, uh, that end up being discussed there, uh, among your members, either formally in terms of, you know, professional development and those sorts of things, or even informally just in casual conversations.
1: Well, that's a very good question. Um, there's a few, there's a few different things that, that come to mind. Um, First off, it's it's a great organization that provides a place for women to get professional development for the industry, uh, to get a current events, to get the training on how to handle different situations. Um, we provide each month a different topic that we discuss, whether it be the current events or how to handle situations as a woman, what's going on in the industry here in Austin. We cover a very wide band of information and provide that to our membership. And then one of the best tools is networking. Uh, We provide an opportunity for women to network, get to know other women in the industry, whether it be a general contractor, a subcontractor, a vendor, just anyone who deals in the construction industry that's a woman has a safe place to come where you get to meet other women doing what you're doing and have that that safe place to discuss the struggles, discuss how things are going for you every day, what your challenges are. And it's also given us a great place to provide provide back to the community, to reach out to younger women who are potentially in high school, middle school, trying to figure out what they're going to do in life. So um, it's, it's a really great organization that I'm very happy to be a member of and, and um, vice president of this year.
2: So you touched on something important there, and that's talking to women in high school, uh, because a lot of times that's when you're forming those very first ideas of what type of industry you would want to go into. I think there's uh, a lot of misinformation or just maybe just not enough information about the construction industry and the roles that women have there. Uh, why is it so important then to tap into the high school level uh, and and being able to discuss these opportunities sooner uh, rather than later in, in many of your instances where it wasn't until uh, college or even post, uh, you know, postgraduate that you started to realize that this actually was a really great fit for you?
1: So that's a really important topic that is really buzzing within the construction industry right now is the labor shortage. We're currently experiencing And that we're projecting to grow out on the horizon, not only for for women, but for men. We've seen a great decrease of the young people that are deciding in high school that, hey, I might want to go into a trade instead of going to college. I might want to look at a trade school or um, go into an apprenticeship program. Um, I believe there's this this stigma that's out there that's being a narrative that's being pushed of, hey, you're not succeeding if you don't go to college. And many young people aren't realizing this is, there's nothing to be ashamed of, of going into a trade and making a good living. Um, And it's so rewarding. Um, It's, it's very sad to to see and to hear young people like, oh no, I I that's below me to yeah to get out there and work college, with my hands. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and this is coming from somebody who went to college, and um, I I I think it's great for for some people, but there's there's a big group of people out there who they would really benefit from the the rewarding walking away from a project at the end of the day and saying I built that or I helped build that Um, and then back to your question about women and getting in there and talking to them early it's it's breaking that that old mindset of well that's a man's world and I'm gonna do something that fits the mold for a woman and I, I believe it's awesome women like Bhavna and Sarah and just breaking that mold and showing those women, hey, there's opportunities out there. Um, this isn't just for the guys. Uh, the girls can in there get in there and succeed and uh, do a great job at it. And that if you find a company that's supportive of you and, and cheers you on, then you can do just as well as a man can.
2: Well, Bob, now let me open this up to you because, uh, Alex touches on something about this being a very lucrative career. I think, uh, something that maybe a lot of people don't realize is actually the, uh, the, the, gender gap, the, uh, the pay inequality for men versus women, it's actually the smallest gap in the construction industry versus others. So why do you think that, uh, needs to be emphasized? And, and I guess, why is that, um, such, uh, such a unique trait of the construction
3: industry? I think the biggest, uh, uh, reason I feel is the shortage, labor shortage and, um, The construction industry has opened its arm towards women, uh, no matter which uh, which field or which position uh, it comes from, because we have so many different departments that uh, women fit into. We have marketing, we have um, VDC, which I am a part of, we have Precon, which is estimating um, Sarah's role. And we have operations and operations breaks down into a lot of, we have financial managers and we have HR and we have women kind of supporting each and every group. And in, in some groups, you've noticed the percentage a lot higher, but when you come into the, the kind of the pay gap that we're talking about between men and women, it's primarily because the labor shortage in general for this industry and the competitiveness that comes across like we we're dealing with a with an industry that's innovative, that's growing, and that's trying to recruit people. And um, and at the same time, we're also seeing a lot of turnover too. Like there's a lot of competition. Um, we all are out of the Austin region, and we've seen this. There's just so much competition because of the construction that's happening uh, in in this part. But that also applies to our other regions as well. That. Uh, There's just a lot of work in general, and there's only so many contractors. So you're just talking about this small section of people that are supporting these industries in those cities. And I feel like that's where this this competitiveness comes from, to where that gap is minimal in our industry.
0: I would also add on to that that the, we work with a lot of public clients and public entities are looking for diversity when it comes to the project teams that they hire to, to run their projects. Um, we've literally had interviews in the past where we've seen someone say, why do you only have a bunch of white guys on your, <laughs> right. on your team? Right. right? They want to see color. They want to see women. They, they don't want it to be, you know, like the old days.
2: Exactly. I mean, if, if for the sheer, uh, requirement that a lot of companies have a, a diversity quotient, or or they have um, kind of a goal to be to uh, you know employ more seg- um, statistically uh, women and and minority driven businesses uh, to give them more opportunities. I mean, if not for the the their own requirement, it's just a better fit a lot of times because I'm sure that you guys have seen is that you know if it is a homogeneous room where you are maybe the only woman in the room and you're you know along with well I'll say it you know Ten other old white guys, you know that can be a challenge because maybe sometimes uh, there is a little bit of a a stalemate there in really getting the conversation going at first. And so I think having that uh, that commonality, uh, being able to reach across the table and and have different minorities and and uh, and genders discussing these things, I I mean, it, it can only do good, right?
0: Absolutely, and especially since, like we've been talking about, there aren't that many women in, compar- in, like, in comparison to men that are entering this field, that's why women are in high demand and, and you know, diverse you know, people of color are in high demand for the construction industry since our clients are looking for that, and that's probably a, a part of why the pay gap is not as large as you see in other industries. Is you know, It's hard to find women that want to work in construction.
1: Jumping real quick back to the women in construction, I think a lot of younger women just see construction as, you know, the guys out there with the shovels and on the piece of equipment, um, digging ditches and, you know, just your typical burly construction guy, they don't realize how many opportunities there are outside of what we would consider manual labor in construction. They're not considering the work it would take to um, go in as a electrician wiring things up, uh, being in a marketing department or, you know, designing a building on the, the computer like Bhavna does. They just don't understand that there's it's not all just this one little category of construction. Construction is very broad and and ever changing and there's so many different aspects and roles within construction that they could get plugged into, that it's creating kind of that mental block of, oh, construction's not for me, I don't want to go dig ditches the rest of my life.
2: (laughs) Right, right. That's a great point.
3: And to add to Alex, this is not the first time I'm hearing this because whenever I talk to somebody and I mention that, oh, I work in construction, that's the first thing that runs through their mind. So do you wear a hard hat and go to the field every day? And I am, um, to their surprise, they're like, oh, you sit behind a desk. Is that really something you do in construction? Yeah. <laughs> well, so
2: let me ask you. So, Bhavna, you uh, you did mention that there are so many different fields and the work that you're doing in VDC, virtual design and construction, uh, there's uh, there's a multitude of divisions and roles that you can go into. Uh, but, but let me ask you. So you know so often in our careers as as we gain experience you know we gain confidence and uh, we find these kind of aha moments that we wish we'd have learned a long time ago so let me ask you then uh, what advice do you have for your younger self? I mean, specifically, like, what lesson have you learned that you wish you had learned uh, just a little bit sooner that that would have helped you uh, really acclimate uh, even faster and, and more confidently in this role?
3: I think the most important lesson that I I think if I would have learned that a little bit sooner is that don't get intimidated by a uh, an one person. That would walk in the room and try to take over when you have your stance and you want to make a point and you are leading the group then you just kind of have to create a balance within trying to understand what this person's personality is and put your effort in front of them and i've i've led these uh, meetings for different projects and different size of projects for almost a decade now. And for the first two years, I think I was building confidence. And I wish I had that confidence that early on to know what I was doing. When you are learning to do something, which was my role was fairly new when I started out of college. Um, It took a lot of years to build that experience and be able to apply that. But there are so many dynamics that come in a picture when you're working with people who are coming from different aspects, different trades that you work with?
0: What I would say, I guess, to the younger generation that's coming through high school trying to figure out what they're going to do, try to get your hands in there early and often. Try to intern as much as you can. Try to experience different fields early on so that you can, you know, make a better educated decision on where you want to go. Don't just listen to the people around you saying, oh, you should do this or you should do that. You need to find what you love, what you are passionate about, um, because that's really the only thing that 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 will make you happy in your career. and then when you are looking for you know a company when you're ready to start your full-time employment, pay more attention to the people that work at that company than the buzz that you're hearing about um, of what you know what work they may be doing. The most important thing, in in finding a work environment that that you will enjoy, is that you connect, that you feel comfortable with the people that you work around you, especially in construction. Out in the field, we have big project teams and they become your second family. So you wanna make sure that you you have the same kind of mentality that you feel comfortable, that it feels like you're kind of people when you're meeting with them and interviewing them, uh, interviewing with them in college. Um, cause you'll
2: be spending countless hours with them. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, let me ask you, uh, what, what advice, I guess, do you have for your younger self that you wish you, you, you would have picked up faster or, or sooner? I would
1: tell myself that I, I, I would enforce that you're the master of your own destiny, and if you think you can do it, go for it. Don't second guess it. It's it's gonna be okay. Um, one thing that you hear in construction is, oh gosh, it's so hard to have a family and to make events, and you're just you're gonna be the absentee parent if you're in construction because you're always working, and. Um, I it's been a it's a struggle and a challenge for sure, but it's achievable. And I know I've spent a lot of time in stress and stress uh, into worrying. Oh gosh, am I going to be able to do what I want to do and what I'm happy doing, and have a family and make all the the plays and the, um, the yeah right. the after school activities. And if you strike the balance and 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 make it your own, and figure out a way that works for you uh, in, in conjunction with your company, working with them to establish that. It is very possible. Sarah or Bovna, are you guys parents?
0: I am. I have two little ones, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I've lived through the struggles that Alex is talking about, and it's definitely you know, a challenge to strike that balance, but definitely doable as well. You just need to get your priorities straight and learn how to prioritize what you need to do at work so that you can make all of those important um, plays and
2: recitals and Valentine's day parties and all those things. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think probably the most efficient I ever was at work was uh, when I was, uh, you know, a brand new mom because I just, I had that extra push that extra motivation to make every minute at the office count because, you know, I, you know, if I knew I needed to leave early, if I knew that, you know, I, I I didn't want to be spending my, my entire evening finishing up my writing or editing or working. uh, And I wanted to have that, that quality time uh, with my son. It just, it it kind of put that extra little fire in my belly and, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've kind of experienced the same. Absolutely. Well, that does it for this episode of Flint Co Forward. Uh, Once again, I want to thank my guest today, Alex Genota.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you all about uh, having women in construction and the opportunities that are out there. Sarah Nario.
0: Thank you for your time, Shelby. It's been great talking with you.
3: And Bobna Nim. Thank you for having us, Shelby. This was a great conversation.
2: And thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.